All right, KVBL Radio is back for part two. We just spent an hour talking about the worst five teams in the league. <laughs> That's incredible work for teams that kind of suck. But uh, no, Nuggets don't suck. The Nuggets have a, the Nuggets have a good future, so I'm not going to say that. But uh, but anyway, so okay, so uh, we finished up with the Nuggets. That leaves us starting with number 21. I think it's a, it, this is one of the things I didn't touch on in the in the first part was I feel like. There was like no controversy. You you gave us eleven through twenty six. You gave us a lot of guys, and I think there was very little controversy, other than maybe a couple guys at the top. It's like I think you know the the arguments you put forward made a lot of sense for a lot of these teams. The one this is the first one I think we kind of look at, and I don't know if it's maybe you'll get into it. I I feel like the Celtics you have them at number twenty one seem like they should be better than this ranking, but maybe I'm wrong. I got into it, and again, I, I said from the start that effort means something to me. And I'm sorry, when you're missing USA when it's clearly posted and you're not making DCs for playoffs and you have one of the top three guys in the league, like that's, I'm sorry, that's sad. And, like, yeah, your team might be a little bit better than this, but as a GM, you're not. Like, you're in the league, and I get it. But you are literally sitting on a guy that every team would die for. And you can't make a playoff, DC. Like, how hard is it to just open your phone once a day? Like, that's where my issue comes in. I I think when it comes to trade responses, too, a lot of times that's what people will say is, like, you know, if you can't just at least make a response, you know, like the Knicks weren't around forever, but he would at least respond to trade offers. Now he made no other effort, but it's like, he would either say no or deal. You know, it's like RWE isn't around, but he's at least responding. But yeah, you know, like, and then you could probably, we didn't talk about that for Mike. Like sometimes you send Mike a trade offer and he doesn't chime in for like two or three days. Like he doesn't log in. Right. And then realistically, especially with how, you know, KJ is definitely moving quicker now, you know, two, three days to be a similar later. And you change something in your DC and you found a different deal. Like, and I get it. People have lives, but like, I'm sorry, we all, you know, you, you don't have two minutes when you get home to just sit in the car and open up clock or like, you just, it's a lot like fantasy sports to me. And the fact that like, people are like, Oh, I'm so busy. Like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And I'm not telling people to quit, but it's like, you know, don't, LGC, I don't even know if he'll listen to this or no, but don't get mad at me for where you're ranked. I mean, he has, he has freaking fans, and the teams he's put around him are trash. And when fans have gotten hurt in two playoffs, he scored like 65 points. <laughs> also, he landed wags. He landed the first pick and the second pick within two years of each other and hasn't even made the finals. And, you know, I get it. Wags, wags wasn't what he was now. But, like, you traded the first pick before his RSA deal and you didn't get somebody that puts you over the top. I mean, and I, I don't want to, like, go into what I did, but I traded Cromwell for Bo because that put me over the top. Like, why are you trading lags if it's not the deal that puts you in the finals? Well, and... The the one thing I would say, though, is that despite the bumps Wags has got, you could still argue Hugh is better. Like, Hugh, and especially this season, I mean, Hugh wasn't maybe as good right away, and he's gotten some recent boosts, but, like, the, even this season, if you look at it, like, Hugh's kind of a monster. I remember back in the day, I kind of was hoping that Hugh could be Silva, and I guess he just doesn't have the free throw and the volume, and I know I keep talking about it, yeah, but it's like... He doesn't have that free... His free throw is what? 
stops him from being an elite talent. But he's got some vol. Now he's the volume's up to seventy four now. Like it might be there now. And obviously, we've seen the team's good is better this year than it was last year. But it, like he's got Hugh at twenty two and thirteen. So it's like if he can figure this out now. What is it? Sand. I don't know if he can extend Sand here. Seven Stand has excellent loyalty. He's got a decent contract. Like, is he literally not gonna? Is he not gonna log in and offer an extension? Is that what's gonna happen? Yeah, but again, that's why he's ranked twenty first. So I don't see the controversy. (laughs) I guess it's like I feel like he's been good before, but maybe this was in the last version. He might have won a couple titles. I I mean, no, that and that's obviously what we're going off of. I think it's like I just feel like I thought he was better than he was, and I'm looking at the record, like twentieth in record, nineteenth in franchise score. I guess was he maybe again the the. What have you done for me lately? And we look at the fact that the Celtics have the Celtics have been relevant. Maybe it was once he got sand. Was he really bad before he got sand? Yeah, he was in the tank. He had he had a longer rebound than Snap. That remember when Snap was in the tank? I think he he, he even said he's like this is ridiculous. It was like seven seasons. LGC <laughs> did it for longer, and he lands sand. Also, let's talk about you know. Thank God this didn't happen, but Mike had. Might be end up with the first and third pick in the Divine Sands draft. Imagine if he landed first and second. Oh my god! Yeah, I think he's yeah. He I think you've messaged me about that before. Yeah, that's that's just crazy. I mean, but LGC lands Sands and Wax like, and I get it. I get a lot of shit because I talk a lot of shit. Me and X go back and forth, and I remember in the other rankings, like I had just landed the first and second pick, and X like basically if if Kyle doesn't win a title in the next 10 seasons due to landing first and second, you know, like, there's a problem. And that's kind of how I feel with LGC is because he landed one and two. Granted, it wasn't in the same draft, but you land it, and then you go nowhere. And it's not like he landed it and missed on players, because that's, like, a totally different thing because drafting is not as easy. But, like, you've got two guys that were very good, and if nothing else, Wags had trade value. Also, I will argue that I would rather have Wags than Q right now, but that's just me. I like I like uh, FTA, so I think that you know his outlook is all on fans. If fans leaves, I mean this team is done, and his forty one is a absolute gold pick. Whoever has it, Does I mean there's, this team's not making the playoffs if fans leaves. Yeah, you're like, right. He doesn't have his 41 or his... He has his 42. He does not have his 41. Yeah. If Sands leaves this, Sands leaves this offseason, he's giving a, a lotto pick away, and he'll have wasted one of the best players in this version. Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, that's why I have him where I have him. I mean, he's a nice guy, and he's funny, and, you know, you can have a conversation, but, man... Like, even the team he has out there now, like, you look through and, like, you know, Khan, he has Khan at starting and then Marsh off the bench. Like, I get it. You want shots taken away, but, like, it's not like Khan's defense is helping you. You're still giving up 112 points a game. Like, maybe start Marsh. Maybe get a little bit more passing in there because you have none. Yeah, I like the deals that he had made. Whoa, interesting. The Celtics have the 41 Raptors. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the Raptors have the Celtics pick. 
in 41. Yeah, if fans leave, yeah, that's what we need is Lou getting a running mate. <laughs> uh, fun. It'll, at least, the, at least the, again, the at least the Raptors did not decide they wanted to tank around Lou yet. That was that's good for the rest of us. But we'll yeah we'll get to them way later. So I so I, I I'm not going to disagree with you there. I guess all in all I thought he would be better, but I guess I just was way overlooking. I mean I know there was also a time in there where it's like we've come back with a fury, and of course there was a time where I I didn't like my team. I think my team was good back when I had Silva in them, and then once I kind of got rid of them, I think I kind of went a wall probably like last fall for a couple months, two or three months. And then that was maybe like, and then I kind of like maybe did a hard reset after that where I started caring again. So I think it's like I'm looking at won, things. You won that title right before me and the Sonics put together those like two ridiculous teams. And so like you still had a really good team and you had no chance of winning a title, which was insane. You were the defending champ and you were like probably third or fourth on the ranking. Yeah. Which is not normal when you bring back the entire same team. Yeah. But just you. You know, Silva was great, and I don't remember everybody you had, but, like, you weren't a good matchup for the Sonics, and if you got by them, I don't, you know, you weren't scoring with with me. So it's just funny how it now, like, yeah, we bust the Kings, and they definitely, they have the talent. But it's like, some things change so quickly in the league. Like, they're not the favorite this year. They're not even the favorite to win Maynard. Like, to, to even make the finals. Like, there are so many quirky teams in Maynard that things change in the Celtics being up top for this long and not making the finals is pathetic. And I know that he was up against the, uh, the Lions dynasty, but, like, you talk all this game about how you're going to beat him and then you never make the finals. It's just really sad. <laughs> all right, on to 20. Um, the cockroach. You open the treadmill. <laughs> the cockroach. <laughs> so I have the Suns pick, so I'm hoping that his team falls apart right now. But his team plays defense. They have 11 points. Anyway, his ranking. He has not made a finals. He has not made, not won a title, clearly. But he's 15th in record, 18th in franchise score. He has said he, he likes the player arc. He likes the, the storylines, per se. More like wrestling, where he likes what's happening week in and week out more than if his wrestler wins every match. And I feel like that's how he views KZBL with his team. Is that like he wants to have guys that like he likes, and that he wants you know he'll make trades just to make trades when I think he loses, and like you know he made a, big, a trade that you weren't particularly uh, in love with. I like my bird more than I think you do, just because I think that deals are very necessary when you're winning. I think that forcing turnovers is showing more and more to be big. And I think that, you know, he just, he's a fine, I mean, he's fine. He, you know, it's great. He has all this information. He, he understands JSD. And why aren't you winning more? You know, and I, I think that he, you know, you look at some of the guys in front of him, the only one in front of him with no final experience is this KJ. And people will rip me on that, but, I mean, you know, if you look at KJ, he's 11th in record, 15th in franchise score. Anybody can treadmill, he's treadmilling better than Z. So, I'll tell that, you know, if he wants to move off this list, per se, he needs to make a finals. 
know, outside of that, like, he's going to do the exact same thing. He's not going to change the way he is. He's not going to... So until he makes the finals, I just don't see how he can leapfrog anybody. <laughs> I mean, his team's fun now. Like, I, I like Garza a lot. I, I really like Willis. I like the Myberg. I like Myberg. I think I like Willis better. <clears throat> but it's like... Man, I would love to see Bobwell just... <laughs> I keep telling. I kept saying that. Let's put it. I mean, it, but that falls in line with. I think. I definitely think I undervalue steals. So if you look at the fact that like, Easy's getting him five steals, Myberg's getting him almost four. So he's getting like nine steals out of those guys. And you see, they're like right now again. Let me see if he's and had. Garza's, Garza's three. So Warriors, Grizzlies, Heat, Raptors, Lions, Sonics, Nuggets, Bucks, Lakers, Clippers. Okay, so he hasn't played. Like, some of these teams aren't bad, but it hasn't been, like, the probably you can look at. He hasn't so played a ton first, of... Look at his first game. That's, that's... Yeah, I mean, that's against the Warriors. Yeah, it's... Yeah. No, no, next day. Tomorrow. He goes King, 76ers, Thunder. Right, right, right. So, yeah, if you're looking at the fact that he hasn't really been tested yet against against some offenses yet, you can make that argument. But, I mean, like, I guess what I had said is, like, I mean... I, I don't know the ultimate upside of this team. If they're going to be what they kind of look like now, that's good. But at least he's got a much better – I mean, I, I know he had Percy before. I forget if he had anybody frisky around Percy. But it's like at least he's got Granny and Garza. You know, he's got two young pieces, and those guys seem to keep getting boost. You know, Clayton is who he is, but if Clayton's going to be like his third most valuable player – and obviously, you talked about Myberg. I could be wrong about Myberg, and Myberg's young, so it's like he's got he's got a fun team. I don't know that this is a finals team, but it's definitely the better team that he's had in a long time. I mean, I'll just throw this out. I mean, I liked them last year too. Obviously, it's not like this is much. I mean, it's probably a little bit different because they had Pascal, but it's not much that far off from that Warriors when they made the finals last year, as far as you know a score, a secondary score, and then a third score. You know, he, he might not, he doesn't have all of it. Like, I think that, you know, his, let's see, hold on, I'm not looking at they're different score. They're different at different. They're they're. I guess they're his his scores are at different positions. But I know what you mean about the balance. As he's kind of put the balance together with this squad. I just think that his problem in in my eyes is that he has two guys that can go off, and that's it. I like. I don't see any of his guys scoring more than twenty five outside of those two in any given game. Well, the problem, yeah, yeah, and then the problem's going to be is is Archie can Archie stay on the floor in the playoffs? Right. I mean, now he beat I, I I with obviously the stats are different, but he did beat Ricky in seven games. But could it just be as like if again we want to remember is that Ricky went to a different team where I don't think Ricky's team was if if Ricky had that offensive team that he used to put out, he probably wins that series. But it's like if the right. Suns can keep it if the Suns can keep it dirty and defensive, then Clayton stays on the court. Right. Like you said, right. the next the next sim, he's going to face three teams, and that's going to tell how's this team going to be able to hold up against some crazy offense. Right. So, we'll see moving forward, but he's going to keep treadmilling. He wants to be in the playoffs as much as possible. He doesn't like to rebuild. And one thing I didn't put in is that I feel like he, him and the next guy on the list both do this. They come out of a rebuild. 
a year early. Like, Z had just drafted, drafted guards, and I feel like he, tra- he traded away his pick to get Willis. And it's like, I think that trade's still there the next year. Like, wait another year. Like, don't push for the playoffs. Like, wait and get another guy. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's, at times, like, they get, and I get it, they get bored, but they come out a little bit early. And you might also, and yeah, I know what you're saying. And it also depends on the timing of like what ends up being available to you is that, you know, Willis is nice because he was young, but it's like you said, it's like, you know, you have people doing like what the Nets did now, you know, or people, you know, like, obviously like I end up going all in on Bo. And I mean, who knows about how things shake up, but it's like, you know, granted my team, my team's probably still good without Bo and with a usable center, but it's like, God forbid now because the, the East is the Landros is suddenly more frisky with the Rockets. Like, God forbid I keep that Raptors pick and that Raptors pick hits while I'm also good. You know, like, well, like you said, it's like I, I traded that asset and it's like, I, that's the one asset I regret trading, but it's like, I didn't really think that they could miss the playoffs. And I got a player like Bo who's going off, but it's like, like you said, it's like, it's not my own pick. So it's not like I'm coming out of the rebuild too soon, but, but that's what happens is that like, it's the all in move, you know, like Smath was never able to get that all in move done, but he also didn't have the elite talent to do that. But I know what you mean. You know, it's like, it's just, if, if you can just wait a teeny bit. You know, like for certain stuff, if it's if it doesn't make sense, you don't have to do it. Right, right, and and like you said, it all depends on timing. So we'll we'll skip that when we talk about. It. So I have S uh, S C D N nineteen. You know, he's middle of the pack record in franchise score. Uh, he had that final appearance last year. Um. I mean, he's a guy that doesn't, won't, won't ever get really killed for trades. But, like, if we're being honest, he drafted Bo and Patton and doesn't have a title. So, yeah, like, yeah. You know, he's got to be above KJ, though. Come on. Yeah, but look. Look at the record and franchise score. And he drafted those two. Okay, so they have the pretty much okay. So his record's low, and then, I mean, I know that the Bulls, the Bulls treadmill for a while. I don't know. Did the Bulls come out of the gate good with the, on the reboot? Yep. How are they? Yep. I feel like okay. I could be wrong, but I feel like at one point the Bulls were top five in record. They were. They had like a Bear and Tyler King for like the first four seasons. Yeah, I feel like the Bulls came out of the gate with a high record. So I just feel like. I feel like they're kind of benefiting from this, where it's like now they're down to eleventh. Um, so all right, but I'm gonna just turn and make make the argument you're making is that what is I guess what is the difference between when you do it? Everybody goes on a tear at some point. Like, what does it matter that it was? What if you had? What, would your mind be different? It was the exact same way, but in the last eight years, he had gone from twentieth to eleven. Or do you just look at the eleven? Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's gonna the the argument's gonna come back around when you get to number thirteen, though, as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I have I have an argument for that. Okay, I mean, I, I get it. I get what you're saying is that you'd want you'd want to for considering he landed Bo and Patton. You'd want him to get more out of it. You'd want him to make a little bit. Obviously, his his lone finals appearance obviously just happened too. You know right, that. So he didn't even get to the finals with either one of them. Correct. 
And he, he traded Bo before Bo got those massive jumps. So I don't know where Bo, Bo went to the Raptors, then to the Clippers, then to me. But I don't know what the Warriors got for Bo. Yeah, he's traded some guy. I think he he's given up. You can make the argument that he's given up on youth before he should have. Because I remember I ended up giving him Quan Taylor before Quan Taylor, like just just timing wise, like fell off the map. And then somehow Stringer blew up for me. And actually, Stringer was part of my title team. I had Roland Stringer right. at power forward, and he helped me get a title. And he he didn't end, end up becoming amazing, but just good enough that he just did enough to balance out my squad. And, of course, he gets the boost for me right after he trades him. It was just bad. Again, I lucked into Wagstaff, similar to that. It looked like Wagstaff could have gone the wrong way and suddenly gets crazy boost right after I get him. I got, got my, good, my good coaching staff in the offseason training these guys pretty well. <laughs> Blue camp. Well, and that, I think that, that's, you know, look at Bala. Bala had that, like, weird – he had, like, the – that really bad offseason that just kind of tanked his value. And there was a there was a version of JSB just killing Wagstaff the same way. Like that high usage that just loses all their percent. But going back to he's fun and the one thing about him is he's always competing. He doesn't like the tanks. He doesn't like to lose and like he'll mix things up. Clearly, he's going to move some things around, but like he put together, you know, a team, and he took the team that won the title. He had them on the ropes two seasons ago. Like he, he's gotten knocked out by the champ the last two years. Yep. I mean, said something. And you're right. He's never actually. I don't. I don't remember him completely bottoming out. I always feel like he gets like the top pick when he ends up being like sixth or seventh. He doesn't right. completely purge the roster. He keeps some veterans around. He's never fully terrible, and then he ends up getting... It's like he earned it by good karma. Right. Yeah. So I could see it. I guess the, I guess the idea is, you know, he's got a... Right now, he's like, he's he got one finals appearance. You're starting to get into the realm here where it's people who actually have titles. So aside from right. the guy who's next, you have him as basically being the top guy without a title, which I could, I could argue. Uh, I mean, obviously your next spot, but I, I could see your argument for that, of course. Yeah, you have him as being the, one of the best GMs without a title. That makes sense. So, and well, he's not the best without a title because there's <laughs> two in the top ten. But, oh, I got you. My bad. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, so I get AJ. You know, he sometimes he just does trades to do, do things because that's what he wants to do. I don't really care. The guy runs a fantastic league. He, does, he deals with all of our dumbasses arguing and bitching, and he just kind of laughs. And, and sometimes I feel like you, I think you said this in the chat, that he'll just do something just to, like, mix it up in the league. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, it happens, it seems like. So, <laughs> you know, and I think that he does have some limitations. Like, I wonder if he won't trade for guys that he knows has a higher rating, like a, like a, you know, what, whatever the talent rating is, like a hidden, a good hidden rating, like Trauberg. Trauberg, he's got to have like a five talent. The guy started out looking exactly like um, the guy that just the Grizz drafted and just got these insane boosts. I think one year he got like a 21-3 GA. Like, part of me thinks that KJ will never go get that guy 
because he knows that that guy might blow up. I mean, it would be Perhaps hard for him good. not. It would be hard for him not to look because I know that that's a setting, and I know there he could he could rank them that way. So I'm sure he can see it. But from what I remember, and if he listens to this, he can point it out, or if someone asks in chat, is that I feel like he said is that the game spits out draft classes, and then right. what what he'll do is it it inherently has guys in order based upon what however the game sees them. So he's just assuming that maybe the guy at the top has the most talent, et cetera, et cetera, and he just edits that guy with the ratings as he sees fit. But I don't know that he changes those core hidden ones. Does that make sense? He doesn't. He said he's done it on a few. He did it with Mace. I so, don't know who else he's done, he's done it with. But I guess my point is... He might like, still know. He might just still know what right. they are. Yeah. And that I think that he hinders himself sometimes by doing that. Oh, for sure. I mean, in the last version, he obviously knew all the scouting and, of course, all the ratings on everybody. That's why he's still, like, I guess he he can't draft internationals now, but it's almost like, does it even matter? Because, you know, I guess he can see the grade of said player, but it's like, at this point, you know, we don't really know the other guys either. So it's like, I think you can make the argument that it really wouldn't matter. It would only just be like if somehow there was some hidden gem international guy that he took that didn't sound that good you know like obviously of the satan draft if he wants to draft a guy like that who slides to like 16 is when he went in that draft which is nuts but you know he would know that but it's like i I know what you're saying it's like that's the thing is he knows the guy's ratings he creates the drafts so it's always been kind of a long-standing argument that it's really tough to like you know he puts him like even if he ends up with like the third or fourth pick you know he's not going to draft a billy lucas but it's like we also, you know, the argument could be made that it's like he should also deserve to benefit from that too for the amount of work he puts right. in. <laughs> and I, Ricky said that. He's like, I think he said, you know, that should be one of the perks of running the league is if he gets a pick, let him take a, a year out. Then so be it. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, he, the thing is, is I don't think KJ will go out of his way to screw anything. Like if he, I don't think he would like write up a bad write up and then take the guy because he knows that he has better... Exactly. That's why the league works, is that he does what he does. You know, it's like he just... He he runs the league, he has a team, and he does whatever he wants with the team, but he doesn't jeopardize, you know, his... Uh, you but, know, his, his all right, so say he had the fourth pick in a draft. He doesn't tank, so say... Because if a guy has passing, his grade goes up. So say a big man has, like, 25 passing... His grade inherently jumps the spot because he has something that no other bigs have. Correct. Yeah. So, what's the thing? He goes in, as a fact, he wants this guy, right, at four. And he deletes whatever their passing was and brings it down to a, an eight and then ups their volume after that. I'm not saying he would. And that those fits out the same grade, so he's not lying. Like, I know it has to to mirror the write-ups, but there's sometimes you read the write-ups and you're like, yeah, that doesn't match what I see in the grade, or what I see in, in the ratings. So it's like, it wouldn't be out of the question, but KJ would never do that, which Correct. is why yeah. it runs so smooth. Yeah, and I mean, so, he's also been in a lot, a lot of spots, I mean, especially when he doesn't have his picks now, but uh, but even right. when he had his picks, he, he I don't think he ever, and that's the other thing where it's a, being that it's a, a flat lotto odds, it's not like he gets any sort of extra benefit by being super bad. It's like he's had a pick where I think he even took Franks, I think, with the fourth or fifth pick. Um, right. And that was one of the better guys he got. So it's like, yeah, I don't think that – the whole point is, is like everyone, no one's going to question his integrity. 
You know, so I think that's what like he could theoretically offset stuff when he does silly trades like this. Like if he decides he wants to help out an Andre, yeah, that could be an argument. But otherwise, I think he just kind of knows that he's not going to take advantage of knowing the ratings or or anything like that. Right. So I have him there. I think he has some limitations. And I think running the league has to give him some something in this list. So I put him there. People can argue he's lower. I'm, you know, and that's fine. I just he's I if I had to redo this, I would probably flip eighteen nineteen to be honest. But so be it. Um, so so basically, the Warriors just have to the Warriors have to earn it. Show us that you're better than KJ. Win win a little bit more, right? Right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the Bulls are garbage. Um, I like Vincent. I might be the only other person other than KJ that likes Vincent in the league. I like three position guys. I like a shooting guy that I can slide out there. He's got an AOD. He's got the rebounding. You know, if he gets a little bit more volume, it's not like he's out of the question. You know, he's 22. So, I I like Fall too, who we got, I think, from you, or through, through Andre, from you. However that worked. But outside of that, I mean, there's nothing to build around. So, at some point, he's either going to have to make a trade or find a guy, if I, you know, go back to his picks, and so be it. But, you know, for now, I think he's going to hand out a lot of this year and whoever has it next year. He, oh no, yeah. So next this year, he'll hand out one next year, more than likely. And then don't trade your forty-two, KJ. Keep it. Yeah, please keep your forty-two. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah. So this and I both have a title. I have a final appearance over him, which is kind of what bumped me over him. Even though he has one spot better record and a little bit better franchise score. But this also hasn't been around really. I mean, I saw him in chat today, but he hasn't really been around for, I want to say, six feet, five, six seasons now. You know, that's what some people do when they go into a tank. Like, you know, they just, they don't respond. And for me, I think I'd be done with the league if that was the case. Like, I couldn't just come back not knowing players. Like, I like that I stay active while I'm awful. I'm still making trades. I'm still looking around. I'm still seeing what other guys are doing. You know, trying to find any value like Selby. I knew that Ken wanted to just purge, purge Calvary for next year. I know he wants Divine. Like, it's not going to be a secret. He's going to go after him. Hence why I think he's trying to move air right now, which is kind of something you allude to, you know, uh, on the little bit of the pod that I listened to that you made today is that I think that, you know, I knew that I can get Selby for somewhat cheap, you now hoping that BJ figures out how to, you know, win. But, you know, back to this is that, he doesn't do that. He kind of sat in his guys and waited for progression. Like, he didn't find any little value. Um, you know, I made the comment that in the last 10 seasons, I'd be shocked if he wasn't bottom two for trades completed. And not that, like, it matters, but I think that, you know, as far as GM rankings, like, you're not always going to get better basing it on progressions. Like, you know, you you have to go out and add a little bit here and there, and I think that that's where, in the last couple of seasons, that's where this is a mess. How, and, how do you have a worse franchise score and record than the Rockets? <laughs> and, um, I think he's made playoffs more than me, maybe. I think uh, you had said this before we even started tonight, and you said you were—I don't—you were bad for a, a long time. 
when I first started, when we did the reboot, I hated my team. I had, like, one of the worst spots in the draft where I thought that there were – I think when I redid it, I, there were 19 guys I really liked. No, 18 guys I really liked. I was picking 20th, I think. So I was like, all right, what are the chances that all 18 go in the first 19 picks or 20 picks and I was picking 21st? Whenever it came out to be. And they all fucking went. So I got stuck with Peel, who I was not really a fan of. I know he was good. But just as the first-round pick, I just I, – I probably should have taken Sharky. But I was so down on him because he sucked. <laughs> so I was really bad. I lost for, like, the first five or six seasons. I finally got um, built up to – you know, I had Monroe and Stone Street forever, and I just could never win with them. And I finally put a team together when I when I flipped Hastings to Youth of Black. I had Stobbs and Justice. And um, I ended up losing to the Rockets, I think, in the second round. When they won the title, he had Bismarck and Zanko. I think I lost 4-2 or 4-1 or something. But every game was close. Um, and then Black left. Um, in free agency... And I traded away Stobbs, and somehow I ended up getting Hastings back the next year. So for like three or four more seasons, I lost again. So I really was only good for that one season. Went back into the tank because I had kept my picks. I got Hastings back. And then when Hastings was good, I was good for three seasons, and then I went into the tank again until I landed one and two and, you know, went four straight years of 65. Uh, I think I won like 63, 63, 65, and 60 or something. And then Bo left, and I didn't have my pick for two years, so I kind of toiled, and now I'm in a complete tank. So, like, I have no problem losing. Like, I get it, and it suits, but I'm title or bust. So, me, five through eight suit is pointless. And if so, looking, looking back, the, the Rockets won on year five. So, the Rockets you have ranked as your lowest title winner, technically. In the rankings, yep. I think you have them as your lowest title winner, and it was again year five. So if we are on, this is seventeen seasons. So it's been seventeen seasons since the the Rockets have kind of done anything, and I don't think it's I don't think it's coincidental that you know they're a little bit frisky, and you know we're putting out a little bit more content, and suddenly he's a little bit more active in chat today. I think he finally has something that he kind of likes. So it's like you said, it's kind of like the rebirth. <laughs> of disc right. here, so it's I like I think we're going to see a little bit more active disc moving forward. He's not even. I mean, he signed. He signed Stu to that deal and kind of got blasted. Stu's shooting forty-four percent from three, on you know basically four threes a game. Yeah, um, he had messaged me and said he wished someone kind of had talked him out of it because he wasn't again pu- paying full attention. He did make it. I noted that he he did hit me up and say he did offer air a contract. And I guess he, you know, I don't know how far Stu down. I think because people had been talking about Stu, maybe he thought we were talking about him being good. So he offered that contract. But it's like that actually hasn't, like you said, it hasn't been. I mean, sure, he would have ended up getting him for cheaper. But, I mean, maybe Stu's not broken. Maybe he just, you know. Also, he... <laughs> is it really weird that Stu is averaging 3.62 rebounds, 3.62 assists, 3.62 steals? Well, that's bizarre. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Alright, that's freaky. And he, yeah, forty four percent from three. That is that is Oh and point six two offensive rebounds. What the <laughs> fuck? 
It'd be great if it was like three thirty three point six two minutes per game. Yeah. Oh, so close. He hopped that point zero seven. So it's literally the same amount of steals, assists, and rebounds that he's gotten for the for the season. Consistency, consistency out of Stu. So yeah, Stu's worked out. But yeah, it's funny that so you got so you're basically right ahead of Dis here in the in the rankings, which I don't think you can argue with. I think I I, I thought you know I guess wow your overall record and franchise score was surprising. I guess I kind of I valued when when you were really good. I looked at you know like I remember when you had that title, you had that run. How long was that title? How long was that team together? Like, I don't want to just jump over Dis. I think, like, the Rockets, obviously, I think that, you know, the Rockets are looking up, similar to your team. Like, it looks like they're going to come in that rebuild. They look decent. Um, you know, but, like, jumping ahead to your team, like, when, what was that run you had? How many how many years was it? Because you were solid for a so, few years. The first year that after I got the first and second pick, I had made the playoffs, and I had traded for McMahon sometime in that season. Um. Because McMahon was on like a really like really well structured deal by Chile. It was like eight, eight point one, eight point nine, like small numbers that you can like control your cap with for a startable point guard. So I also had the Hornets pick, which I gotten as like a throw-in in some deal, and I kept saying they're not that good. They have Dan's and Cool, and Dan has not done enough to really maximize them. Landros at the time was, like, really feisty. And we came out of it, and I'm holding the pick. And I had offered Ahmed and the pick to the Pacers when the Pacers were blowing everything up for Okiki. And I was like, you know, I have Murillo, I have Cromwell, I have Market, and I had Cool. Uh, and I was like, basically, I have my big man rotation. I'll find the shooting guard. Let's go. And he said no. And I was like, all right, well, now I'm going to sit on this pick because nobody thinks it's going to be anything. And I just kind of sat there, and halfway through the season, I messaged, and Dan messaged me and says, all right, it's time. Cool for the pick. And I said, no. I said, I'm good. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I want to pick back, too, because you made me wait. I said, he only has two years left on his deal. I want it now. I want to pick back. And he said, all right, fine. I don't know what I got back. But basically, the pick didn't matter. It was more of, I was picked. Because I would have moved in more. After that year, I got beat in the first round. And I looked around, and Ricky had come to me. And he was kind of over. He had Sanders, and he had uh, Collins. And he offered them to me for Ahmed and Ackerman. He wanted to go a little bit younger. He had, a, he had two young guys on his roster. And he said, you know, I kind of want to re, not rebuild, but retool. He said, you know, these guys are getting up there in price, and Sanders was expiring the next season. So I did the deal, and, you know, Axton bubbled to both, like, younger guys didn't like it, and then guys that, but I was, you know, I was going to win. So I had still a Cromwell on the team. I had Market. I had Sanders. Now I added a small forward next to Cool, so I had McMahon. And then X hit me up, and he said, you have a chance to win a title. He said, let's, let's do it. Ground ball for ball. I don't think I've ever answered yes faster. <laughs> then, Bubble hit me up, and he said, Who, what would you say if I offered you Market and Morello in year 34, which I think was 33, whatever it was, the farthest 
first out for Cole. He had two years left on his deal. Put me over the hard cap, but I, I hit up Chile and I was like, hey, I'll give you this point guard I got who was a B, that like Perry Karen who yeah. never got anywhere. But he was like, I picked him like 18th and he, had a, he was like the third highest or fourth highest rated guy in the whole draft. So Chile actually got me out of hard cap. And so I won the title the first year, and then I lost. So I stupidly, the next year, Sanders and Cool were both UFA. And I valued Cool more than I did Sanders, and that's where I fucked up. I should have paid Sanders, because Sanders was so good off the bench for me, because of, I had following Cole set to outside, so when you defend them, you're putting outside defense. And then I bring in Sanders for 25 minutes a game at Pokes. He was destroying people. And that was and when he was can... he was mailing in, like, high-volume 60% scoring. Right. I think I, there was, there was, I think that was the year that I had, I want to say that I had four guys over 20 with Cool, too. And then Cool, I was, like, 21. And then I had McManning, Collins, both others, uh, like, 4.2 steals or something. And then Bo had the blocks. Like, I had all of it combined. But that's why I lost those Sonics the second year. In the year that you had Sanders, in the year that you had Sanders, he averaged he averaged 19 points in 24 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's ball. That's bonkers. He actually was down to 55%, but that's just crazy and I, volume. And I had the, the guard I actually got from you. I traded uh, Khan for Graves. And that ended up being good for me because Graves could back up, backed up a little bit of the uh, shooting guard, too. Yep. He's a one-two. I mean, look, everybody builds a team different. I just, I even at the time that all these different, like, teams were trying to sell off their guys. Now, what Bubble did was fucked up. He then took my two guys and offered them to, I think, this for Kokopi. And that was the year, I think, I, I was a three-seed and the Bucks were the one-seed. And I was down 3-0 and came back and beat him in the conference finals. And then I beat the 77-win Sonics in the finals. <laughs> wow. I, Omar and I have talked. I think we won in the wrong years. Like, he was supposed to win that year, and then I, I won, like, 68 or 69 the next year and then lost to him in the finals when he only won, like, 62. So it's like... We both got a title, but I think that we did it in like the opposite years of what you would expect if you were to look at how it went. But the funny thing is, I mean, I don't know without looking at it how many, because we don't have it here in the list of, you know, who beat who, but how many teams have made it back to consecutive finals, you know, especially so, the we, way you guys did it where you beat each other in opposite years. I don't think that's happened that often. No, so it happened. So we were the first ones to do it, and then it happened consistently consecutively after us uh, Clippers beat the Raptors and the Raptors beat the Clippers oh yeah look and at that 34 and 35 would be the years yeah. and then it happened again 36-37 but the Lions beat the Heat twice huh but it hadn't happened until our, our matchup which was what 2018 16 seasons in 17 seasons yeah, no, I'm looking back. I mean, all that's the pretty recent run. So you've had some pretty crazy, legit teams win. I mean, that's what we talked about, too, with high-end talent. 
is that these teams that have been winning lately have all had like a lot of elite talent, not just a couple guys, like loaded teams. Well, and that kind of started with, I know with the Bucks, because you had Holly and Cole and Zip was good. Barry was like one of the best, like secondary guys in the league. That Pacers, there's a Pacers team here in 2030 that's kind of random. It had looked like maybe Dino right before Barisi kind of died. He has Okiki. He had Aris Fitzgerald when he was kind of in his prime as well as Haas. That's I remember, a, and Kress is going to hate this, but Bubbles had to talk him into doing that deal to get Haas from, uh, for Moats, and I think he got, like, Stafford Morton in the deal too. Yeah, and Haas was his playoff MVP, and he wins the title. Yeah, I don't know and, who, who and, played that year. And, Crest was like, haha, Omar offered me this for most. Why would I ever do that? And Bubba was like, why wouldn't you do that? You're getting, if not the best player, you're getting easily the second and third best player. I just remember it being like, you know, everybody looks at values guys differently, and that's so true. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to talk about my team now too much, but I'm on the up. I have Mercer. Me and you were bullshitting. Like, I played Savino. He shot way too much so he's done he's getting benched so anybody that wants to be know hit me up um, but outside of that I mean I like where it is I got Selby for what I consider cheap you know Forte actually with what my team is set up in his passing is a little is nice on the team and obviously I think Mercer's a future uh, MVP so at least in the in the talk so we'll see I mean we're a couple years out I know I tried you know, you bust my balls about the whole Pang thing. Ricky and I have been talking about how I need a point guard. You hate yours. But we'll see what goes on. Um, I have Dan ahead of me, mostly just because of the record and franchise score. Although I do think that he lost some credit. Like, if, if we had done this before last year, before he got the title, he's probably just ahead of Z, maybe, maybe even after Z before LGC. Um, the title helps clearly, and he finally made the move. But like he did what he didn't do during the Cool Din time. Like he had two guys, Cool and Din, that were at their prime together, and he didn't even make a conference final. Yeah. So, or uh, finals. Sorry, he might have made a conference final. But like, you know, that's kind of it's kind of before this last year, he was what changed. Like somebody that's had high-end talent and just hasn't gotten to a finals yet until last year. That makes sense, yeah. So, you know, obviously Dan, I think he's probably the favorite to win the title this year. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. The Kings were their favorite last year. Um, you know, he. I think that sometimes he worries too much, and I did this early, and I don't know if I necessarily have changed I'll ask people's opinion and I'll do what I want anyway but I at least know who's going to bitch about it like I think that Dan asked and if that person says no like he won't then do the deal or do what he thinks and sometimes he'll take somebody what somebody says too too much and just that's what it is um I think it's ridiculous he didn't give up Lisecki in that deal like there's no way because now what so now Andre basically gave Chow to him for nothing because that, that, next, that next pick is going to be like 20. And he didn't get Lusecki back. So, like, I I know people can bust, you know, Ricky was busting and KJ, like, you're the one that didn't want the deal. And 
J.J. Mancetti, like, without that known asset of Wasecki, why would I take an unknown asset the next pick? And, you know, Dan played it right. He waited until the right guy got it and just, who just wanted the pick. Because he's some, you know, and it is what it is. But imagine if he didn't. I mean, Andre could have won a title last year with the Knicks, or made the finals last year. He, who knows? Win a title. He could have been in the Lions. Who knows? Considering how much, yeah, considering how much Chow, you know, can give right. you defensively, and how people like obviously we were on the on the side of maybe he wasn't as impactful, but looking right. at how much he was, and looking at the fact that the Kings lost and it was wide open, could that a team? You know, we didn't really see what that team fully was. You know, like it, we didn't really get to see it. But I guess you know, like anything could happen, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, like, so obviously, I mean, I guess there's, you know, we know that they're right there. So I guess the next question, the fun question would be is like, you know, pretty much the same team, whether he deals Chow or not, you know, who knows. But let's just say, how far up does Dan jump if he gets, I mean, it's going to be probably the same question for Mike. So Mike, you have next. Mike's number 14. And obviously, right. both, well, aside I, from I Divine like leaving, w- w- I mean, I guess you, we could talk about the, the Kings for a second, but my, my question would be is, if these two are the favorites in the league right now, how far do they jump if one of them wins the title this year? So, before this, I got Mike's permission before this. Um, he, he made that trade to G for Sullivan to go all in because Divine didn't extend. Which isn't a shock because he only makes $13 million, And I think right. I talked about that on my pod. Is he only makes $13 million, He's got poor... You know, he's got what poor loyalty. So it was like that's that's the one thing that people forget about, that even myself included, that when you have that thirteen million dollar contract that you get in RFA, you can't, it's you can't really tough. Like if the guy team. wants more, yeah, you're not gonna be able to offer the max depending that's upon how Dan, high they want. So Mike kept throwing out the idea to me all offseason that he wanted to offer divine for Sands. Just for the pure fact that Sands is so much more likely to extend than Divine. Makes sense. He likes Divine better, but um, the thing about Mike, you know, we talked about Dan a little bit, and then I'll get into where they would jump. He got the first pick in the reboot, but it was literally his second season in the league. So he got Zenko, who was a monster, but, like, I don't think he ever actually knew what he was doing. Correct. So I think that, like, his record, <coughs> he, he had made the playoffs, like, 10 of the first 11 seasons or something. And, you know, he's up there for playoff appearance. Like, his playoff appearance isn't bad. It's, what, 14 to 21, 66%. Like, it's not awful. Tied with the Bulls, one behind the Jazz. Tied, same amount of playoff appearances as the Heat. You know? So, it's like, you look at that, and it's, like, he's done all right. He's kind of, he kind of treadmilled until he fell into, like, defying, like, turning into a beast. You got Trauber trading back, like, six spots. or something ridiculous from the Heat. And, like... Then he got Jotson because he had marks, and that's what X wanted to win his title. So it's like he like was treadmilling and rebuilding, and like he ended up with Marsh, who he traded away for. I don't even know. I think he got like that pick to end up being that point guard that we traded to you. Um, and then he got Franson with my pick when he got off of Nash and sent Rolex to me. And he got my pick and got Franson, who's turned into a nice little player. You know, he rebounds and score a little bit. But, like, where would each of them jump? Like, I think either of them, obviously, 
you know, like if you want to make them even right now, if one of them were to win the title this year, they would obviously jump that person. I think they jump RWE. But here's the thing, like, I just think that because of how it happened, like, both of these guys drafted, like, these known commodities, like Fallwell and, and Divine. They're like, I'm not putting them, and I know this is going to sound crazy, I won't put them over Omar. And I think I have Omar a little bit too well in that list. Like, if I were to re-look at what I did. But I don't think I, I bumped them because it's the same team. But, and we'll get into this when we talk about, like, who I have number one. But I think that it would, you really make a jump and you get a title with the second group of guys. That, you know, two titles, two finals appearances for either one of these would be great. Like, if they play each other, you know, what I... I, I I still think even though he lost last year that they're the two best teams going. When it comes down to it, just the, the scoring that the Kings have, I, I don't know if it's fluky with the way that they matched up with the Sonics. But I think that I don't, I don't know how much you can jump when you're winning with the same team. Like, I get it, and you built the team, but, like, at the same time, Falwell's 21. Like, if Dan's not competing for the next seven years, that's bad. But it's like, that's what he's supposed to do. And it's like, yeah, if he wins four titles, he's going to jump. But like, winning one more title with the same group, to me, doesn't move you that far off the list. <laughs> like, if we're, I think you're, we're also, I mean, that I talk, I might have talked about this on, on my podcast too, is that the, what was crazy about this, this incarnation right now that we're in right now, like, if you want to say, like, yeah, I mean, it, it, the Bucks obviously came out of the gate hot. So we don't really know what the Bucks are. But I mean, just, I mean, look at this. The Raptor won, like, even the Ricky. Let's see that, based on your current rankings, that we're going to take Ricky out of this just because the Blazers aren't really that scary, obviously. So, I mean, like, your your top five GMs don't, I mean, okay, the book, the Bucks are fine. But your top five GMs right now don't have, like, insane elite teams like they used, they, they could have. You know what I mean? And you can lump Smath in there. You can lump, I mean, aside from the Nets, you can lump Smath in there. Um, we could even argue the Lakers. So it's like the majority of the people in the top ten, in theory, I mean, aren't aren't good 10, right now. Yeah. I think yeah. you, Christy, and yeah, and that's probably about it. I mean, the, the Nets The Nets are frisky and the Bucks look good, but if we don't want to say that, like, are those title contenders, we don't know. But you're right. Like, the point is, is right now we're in this weird phase, this transitional phase where, like, the best GMs don't have good teams right now. It's like, it's kind of smart. Is that every, everyone who's trying right now, it's like, get, get it in. <laughs> you know, like, get it in while you can. It's like, I don't want to discredit. The, t- the, ch- the title here for Dan or Mike, but it's like, I still, I think if, if one of these guys, like, I know what you're saying, but if one of these guys wins a title, I still think, like, I would have Omer higher anyways, but I think if one of these guys wins a title, I think they would automatically be in the top 10, in my opinion, just for the fact that they have two titles. Like, I think it would be really hard-pressed to say that someone who wins two titles could still be behind Kenneth and the Lakers, I just think that's kind of silly because it's still like anything could happen, so it's still hard. But but I get the argument. It's like obviously the time is ripe right now where it's like maybe the competition's a little bit lighter, but two titles is pretty legit. I mean, there's a lot of really good GMs with one or even none. So here's, here's, you know, if we're talking about who, if 76ers win the title this year, I mean, for me, that bumps them up to like five or six. And my reason is, 
that they would now have a second title, which automatically bumps them over 10 and snap. And then they have more finals appearances than Creasy, same as Jay with an extra title, more finals than you. Um, and he did it with the secondary team. Like okay, I get that. Yeah, correct. I know, I know. You obviously, you highly value them doing it with different squads. You know, I guess, you know, I, like, I, I, I guess what you're saying, like, obviously both Dan and Mike would have the same teams kind of running it back. Um, it's just, you right. know, how you, how you value stuff. I mean, two titles. It would be two titles and two finals appearances for either one of those teams going two for two. I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you want to take them down a notch, but I'm still going to side with, I think, that I value the two titles. But I get what you're saying. Like, you know, makes sense. We're coming up against it here. We're at we're at fifty six. Um, All right, let's let's do the jazz quick, and then we can even do the rest tomorrow, or we can fly through the rest. Okay. Okay. Um, so, all right. So the, the jazz. Look, you got, I got it. Twelfth in record, twelfth in franchise score. But he has two titles. There's guys that I have ranked higher that have no titles, and there's a couple reasons why. Um, his his two titles came in the first three seasons. And I get it, like, everybody said uh, the first one doesn't count, but it does. I mean, it's a title, and he has that. But the thing is, he hasn't done it, he hasn't made the conference finals in 18 years when it got more competitive, when teams, you know, weren't as flat of a team, like that one star didn't win you a title. Like, he had Gray Black and then Barisi, who were both phenomenal back then. Um, he had a stretch where I think he won, like, 58, 60, 61, and... I, I like tried to like figure it out, but I couldn't. Re- you know, if you go back through like the records that KJ posts every year, you can figure out how teams did every year. And I was trying to do that with some of these teams to try to figure out. He had a stretch. I mean, he had Sanders. He had Reed when Reed was like at the, his peak. He had Grigsby, and he was like playing with a bunch of different like point guards and shooting guards. But it's like he never got over the hump. He didn't even make a conference final with that team. So it's like. You know, and I know that he's, like, not around. He's not as active. Like, if you message him, he'll eventually get back to you. But, like, the two titles were when it was a lot flatter of a, a, a time and one superstar was a lot more value. One superstar is not getting you fucking anywhere right now. Right. You need two or three. I mean, like you said earlier in this one. Yeah, the further the further he's gotten away from the reboot, the, the harder it's been. And that might also be is that if he's not searching out deals and he's letting deals come to him, that could be potentially why those teams didn't go, didn't, weren't as, weren't as good. Like you talked about the amount, like you obviously spent a lot of time talking about the amount of work you put in to get the, to get that title and potentially getting two. And it's like, that's a lot of, a lot of, you know, messaging, taking advantage of like, you can't like to really, really, really get value everywhere. You like can't miss anything. Like you might, you don't log in for two or three days and you miss someone's fire sale, you know? And if you're not actively, and it's like, if you're letting those deals come to you and you're not actively seeking that out, you know, I think that is potentially what maybe happened to the jazz. You know, I know that they make offers, but it just might be the timing of stuff. We're coming up under a minute. Anything you want to add on the jazz? Um, I mean, they're in a rebuild. They don't really have much on their roster. And, you know, looking forward in the future, I don't know that, you know, we'll see what RWE does with the team. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with being number 13 
for somebody that hasn't done anything in like 20 seasons. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Dude, the two titles can't get pretty far. All right, so we're going to cut this one off, and um, maybe we run it back here with part three up to four in the morning.